1: Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fortinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Heard and Ten or Heard and Ten Podcast. Also, rate and review us. Give us a five-star review if you like this show and you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We got an exciting episode today. Later on in this episode, we have David Latham, who is the managing editor for Last Word on NFL which is part of last word on sports. He's got a lot to say, and it's an interesting guy to have on because he's actually a New England Patriots fan and now a somewhat Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan because he follows Tom Brady. Of course, Tom Brady, six Super Bowls with New England, tacks on his seventh Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, and you'll hear from David because being a Patriots fan he is now also rooting for the Buccaneers because he is with Tom Brady for life. And as a Bills fan, it stings. But it is nice to know that Patriots fans now believe the Bills are the front runner in the AFC East for the long haul. So let's get right into this episode. I want to talk about a couple things in this first half of the show. One being the wide receiving core. And really, when we look at it, the Bills are really loaded at receiver. But there's a lot of guys that they brought in, and I don't know who's going to make it and who isn't. So I first want to mention a couple things. So in the last three seasons, the Bills have kept six wide receivers. But they have 12 receivers that can actually make this roster. So the question becomes, which six are going to make it? Or are we going to see an extra guy sneak in there? Are we going to see the Bills place a higher priority on the receivers and run with seven receivers? Because we know in the last few years, they've put a really high priority on the offensive and defensive lines. And because of that, they haven't had room to keep more receivers. So if they are going to go with six or seven receivers... Who are they going to go with? I mean, we obviously know Stefan Diggs. You know Sanders, Beasley, Davis. And then you have McKenzie and Hodgins, who I would say are both borderline. I hope McKenzie's in and slotted in. I think Hodgins is a question mark, just because we didn't see anything from him last year because he missed the entire season. Then you have Marquez Stevenson, rookie. You have Tanner Gentry. You have Duke Williams, Kumaro, Powell, Lenoir. So you have all these guys, and I personally think the Bills are going to try to go with seven receivers this year. I think they're going to want to have a little more depth. Remember, this is also considering everyone is healthy throughout preseason, and this is who they go with, and none of these guys get hurt. If that's the case, I definitely think that when we look at all the guys available, and some of you might not be happy to hear this, but I think the seventh guy is going to be Marquez Stevenson. They drafted him. I think they have high hopes for him. He brings something special. Apparently, he can also be a really good kick returner, which I don't know if I want any of the other guys doing it. Maybe Powell, maybe Lenoir. I I, I just I think that Stevenson is probably the most likely. I do think Hodgins is going to make it. Obviously... We haven't had training camp yet, so we don't know, but they did have OTAs and Hodgins looked really good. McKenzie, you know, all those guys are going to make it. I just think Stevenson is the next guy up. I think he provides something in the return game. And I think, and I talked about this last week, I think the Bills need guys that can be a utility player. If Stevenson is your seventh receiver, that means he's probably not going to get a lot of snaps on the actual offensive side of the ball. But if he can be your kick returner and be a backup in case you have a few injuries, then it makes perfect sense. They drafted the guy for a reason. I don't think there's any surprise there. I think they like him. And unfortunately, I think a lot of these other guys aren't going to make it. Duke Williams, I know, is a fan favorite. I love Duke Williams, but the receiving core is just too strong. He just doesn't fit in. He doesn't have the speed that you need. He doesn't quite have a size. He's big, but he's not huge. He's not an incredible red zone target guy. I think he's a player that's had a bit of an unfortunate few years because I think if he was on a lot of other teams, he probably would have made the 53-man roster. But I just think it's going to be really hard this season to really get that job, especially because he can't really play special teams. He can't be a kick returner. So he doesn't have that opportunity And I think Marquez Stevenson offers that. So that's why I think he's probably going to make the team. And I think they're going to run with seven receivers, which I like. I would like the Bills to have that seventh receiver. We've seen the Bills have some injuries at receiver. I want them to have an extra guy in case. And a guy who's been around day to day who really understands the system. I think it will be advantageous, especially to a guy like Stevenson, who's a rookie. I think it will be a good chance for him. But of course, we don't know because training camp hasn't begun. It's not till the end of this month. And I think we're going to get some answers. I think in the first couple weeks, we're really going to have a good idea. Of course, we're going to have preseason. So we're going to get to see what each of these guys bring. But I definitely think at this point in time, I would predict seven receivers making it. And those seven will be Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, Davis, McKenzie, Hodgins, and Stevenson. That's, that's where I see the Bills receiving core at this point in time. I know that Sean McDermott was on NFL Network recently. He was asked about whether there's going to be a contract extension done with Josh Allen this offseason or during training camp or at least prior to the season. He really didn't give much of an answer. Typical McDermott, very politically correct. Really didn't say a whole lot. He basically just said it will happen as it should. Things will unfold as they should. I think I would expect it to happen. I just don't know if it's going to be now. It might not be till next year. There is technically still two more years that they can keep him before having to sign him. But I think it will either be this time basically in the next couple of months. And if it doesn't, I don't think they'll be doing it during the season. I don't think Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott or Josh Allen and his agent would want to be dealing with this during the season. But I think then next off season would probably be the most realistic at this point in time, just based on how little we've heard about it. I think that that's probably what's going to happen. But as you might know, if you have been listening to this show for a while, I think they should have already signed Josh. I don't think they should wait till next off season. So you've heard it here. I really think they should do it now. I really don't think they should wait. But, of course, I'm not management, and we'll see what happens. But, at the very least, I don't think we need to be concerned that he's not going to get signed. I just think we need to be concerned about how much they're going to have to pay him. And especially if you wait another year, it's probably going to be a hell of a lot more than it would be this year. Now, Buffalo Rumblings put out a piece ranking the Buffalo Bills' rookies by potential impact. Now, they have Carlos Basham as a spot starter. They don't necessarily see any of the guys as immediate starters. They don't even think Gregory Rousseau will be a starter this year. Um, I don't necessarily agree. I think Rousseau is more likely to start than Basham, but I personally think both of those guys are going to start at some point this season because I think the veterans are going to get tired As the season goes on. I also think that Mario Addison. Has a very short leash. I think if he doesn't impress. Early on in the season. You better believe Rousseau. And maybe Basham. Are going to get opportunities to step in. As well. Bill's Wire. Part of USA Today. Put out a piece recently. And they were talking about veterans. That they feel are in danger. Entering training camp. And an interesting one that was flagged. Which. Honestly, it didn't even cross my mind that this was someone who would be flagged as Matt Breida. Some of you might think that Matt Breida was a lock, that he was going to play a lot this season. I personally think he's going to get some great opportunities to play. I'm not a huge fan of Devin Singletary. I think he's more of a backup type of role. I think he's good in third down situations. I think he's good out of the backfield catching. I don't necessarily love him as a starting running back, so I don't see him threatening Breida. And then you have Zach Moss, who I think is the real threat to be the starter, but we really didn't see a whole lot from him last season. Matt Breida, on the other hand, we know has shown that he can perform at a high level. Now, it didn't work out with the Dolphins, but I think he might be that really big home run hitter That we need. And that's really what Bill's Wire is saying. That although he's a veteran in danger, he does bring something unique that the other two guys don't bring. But personally, I really don't think he's in danger. I really don't agree with this piece. I'm curious to know if any of you do agree or don't agree. Please reach out. Give me your opinion. I'm very curious to know if you all agree. I really just see Matt Breida as a really key piece to this offense. I think we're really going to need him. I think we were missing that last season when Singletary and Moss were injured. We really didn't have another guy that could step up. I really didn't trust TJ Yeldon. And personally, I trust Matt Breida. I think he brings something that we need. I think he can not only carry the load potentially, but also if they do decide to go with Moss or Singletary as the starters. Or as a 1A, 1B. If either of them go down. I'd be very happy with Matt Breida stepping in. So personally I do think he's that next up kind of guy. And honestly if he does a good job in training camp. I think there's a very legitimate chance that he could be the starting running back for the Bills. We need to remember the Bills are not going to be a run first in offense. For at least for the most part. And that's okay. We don't need to be. So. If Breeden needs to be leading the backfield with 15 carries, I can live with that. And honestly, I'd be pretty pleased with that. I have no concern at all about that. I'm not going to get into some of the other running back situation. I think those are things we'll be covering as things unfold. As we enter training camp, there'll be a lot more to talk about there. So I'm going to end it right here. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with David Latham, who's again, the managing editor of Last Word on NFL, which is part of Last Word on Sports. You can check them out at lastwordonsports.com slash NFL. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party.
0: Playthedrive.com.
1: Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East, but this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing The Field. Playing The Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in app currency. The best part is that right now, while they are still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up recruit teammates or find your mvp also be sure to check out their podcast the fan experience where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences the fan experience is live tuesdays and thursdays at 9 p.m eastern standard time on youtube twitter and facebook Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm joined here by David Latham. Now he's got a whole slew of things that he's doing, mainly writing for last word on sports. He's actually their managing editor. He's always writing tons of content. He's kind of a box fan. He's kind of, well, he's more of a Patriots fan, but he does love his Tom Brady. And of course he's now on a Buffalo Bills podcast where we have a very different perspective of Tom Brady. (laughs) How are you doing today? tell our listeners where they can find your content and where they can find a lot of your probably Patriots content.
0: Okay. So um, thanks for having me on first off. Uh, I am at Twitter at DL Pat Spots, and on lastwordonsports.com backslash NFL is where you'll find just about all of my writing stuff.
1: Awesome. So, David, we got a bunch of things to cover. I'm going to start with a, with some Bill stuff, and then we'll get into more Buccaneers, Tom Brady, New England Patriots content. So just to start off, some news came out today from ESPN. They gave their rankings for linebackers. Now they based this upon speaking to the office executives at all 32 teams in the NFL. Now what's interesting is, is Tremaine Edmonds landed at number eight. So he's in the top 10. Last season, he was number seven. I was not impressed with his season. I'm curious to get your take on him, especially because you are a Patriots fan. You've seen some great linebackers. You do also follow the Buccaneers, who also particularly have a great linebacking core right now. What are your thoughts on Tremaine Edmonds? Does he actually belong in the top 10 Is he someone that just has a lot to prove and that's why he keeps basically remaining in the top 10? What's your take on that?
0: I think 10 is like in the top 10 might be a little rich for Edmonds. He's a good player, but I wouldn't call him a great one. I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of a a few linebackers I'd rather have. Uh, Levante David jumps to mind, obviously, but he's, he's definitely a good player. I could see him like if the stars aligned and broke a certain way, he could definitely justify that. I just think it's asking a lot to say the expectations are top 10 for him.
1: Yeah. I think that's where I'm at as well. I think really when you look at a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, it's really about potential, right? He's still a really young guy. He came in the league. I think he was about 20 years old. He is still younger than some of the rookies that the bills drafted this season. So There's definitely opportunity for him to to develop. I like that you talk about if the stars align, because I think that's really what it is. We need a lot of other things, at least in my opinion. It sounds like it's in your opinion. There's a lot of things that have to happen on the Bill's side that have to go perfectly well for him to catapult to that level. And I think that that's the problem. When you look at these rankings, I think you look at a guy who's an incredible physical specimen. And that is why the Bills drafted him, but he just doesn't seem to have that innate ability to take it to the next level. At least we have not seen it yet. And yeah, look, I hope that that's going to happen. I think you hit the nail right on the head there. He's a good player and he might be great, but he isn't great yet. And I think that's That's the key with him, right?
0: I see a lot of early career Jamie Collins in him where like the stuff he's good at, he is fantastic at, but there are some pretty, um, pretty, he's not the most well-rounded guy. If he's asked to do a certain thing, it doesn't work well. Like Collins, you know, early in the career before he was shipped off to the Browns, he was fantastic with the Patriots, but Belichick pretty much kept him only as like a blitzer or, um, you know, working in the trenches more. But because anytime he'd want to go out in coverage, like if he was on a running back, it was a wheel route game over. That's like a, th- a free 30 yards right there. It, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but I see a lot of similarities in that um, they're really good at what they do. Just don't ask them to do what they can't.
1: And that's the challenge. The, the problem is you have a guy like Edmonds who you drafted so high. You had such high hopes. He's also supposed to be the main guy on the defense. He's supposed to be that middle linebacker. He's supposed to run the defense. The problem is if you can't ask him to do more than just blitz, maybe he is another Jamie Collins and he's a really good player, but you're not going to keep him for the long term, And that's, I think going to be a challenge here. And I think that's what the bills are going to run into because we know the salary cap is going to play a factor, especially when you have a guy like Josh Allen coming up, Who's going to get a huge wad of cash. So how do you determine, how do you decide if Edmonds is that answer? Because if, like you said, if all he can do, which he does do really well, don't get me wrong. He's really good at blitzing. The problem with Edmonds is he has trouble reading, reading the offense. He has difficulty dropping back in coverage and also consistently tackling granted some of that comes from his shoulder injury but there definitely seems to be a bit of that I like that comparison because he's really good at a few things but he isn't well-rounded and I think as a middle linebacker if you're going to be the answer to the Bills defense for the next five six seven years don't you think you have to be more well-rounded is that a fair statement on my side
0: I'd agree with that and um the Patriots like when they had Brady during the peak of it they ran into similar stuff where it's like you have good players and like first off, I absolutely love what the Bills have done since McDermott's got there. Like, you guys have really built something special. But once you, like you said, once you have to start uh, paying Allen, get that like massive quarterback contract on there, you do have to say, okay, this guy's good, but we can't pay him to be great because, you know, there's only there's a finite amount of resources out there. Personally speaking, um, Edmonds great player, but where the Bills are with Allen about to get paid, um, you know, Trey White, Diggs, guys that like you have to keep around. Edmonds would probably be the odd guy out there if I were building the team.
1: So let's get your take here on this, David. You've been a Patriots fan your whole life. Brady goes to Tampa Bay in quite a shocking move, I would say. And it's looking like it was a mistake on New England's part. What is it like now though, seeing obviously the Patriots are rebuilding and there's reason to believe that they'll be able to rebuild and still be a good team. Is it weird now seeing the bills as maybe the potential leader in the AFC East, or at the very least having some form of consistency, which of course the bills haven't had in the last 20 years.
0: It is weird um, not with the Patriots not being the team with the target on their back last year was yeah I was born in 94 so outside of very vague memories of the Drew Bledsoe era last year was the first losing campaign I can remember so it was definitely a huge um a huge change so uh, there's that and you know the season was awful but I got to watch my quarterback win the Super Bowl so at least I had that going
1: very true look uh... Brady defied the odds. He defies age. I might not like the guy, but I can understand how unbelievable it is what he has done. I think it's reasonable to assume right now that Josh Allen is absolutely the leader in the AFC East. Is oh, it... absolutely. And do you at least appreciate what he's accomplishing now as a bill, especially coming, you know, fr- from a, from a fan of the Patriots, seeing what it takes to be consistent. Do you see that in Josh Allen or is this one season a flash in the pan? Does he seem for real to you being a Patriots fan? Does he seem like he's going to be a guy that can lead the bills for, you know, the next 10 years?
0: So what Josh Allen did last year, I, I do think that's sort of going to be more or less the best you ever see of him, which is, you know, a fringe MVP candidate. That's definitely not a bad thing, but I think his style of play, it's naturally just so volatile where you're going to get great, you're going to get bad. Last year was pretty much all great. I, I have a tough time believing he can do that again just because it's incredibly hard to play that well over a full season. I do think he's um, Buffalo's long-awaited guy. I think he's um, the Bills are in a very good position to have him, but I don't think it's going to be what you saw last year like moving forward, I think that's going to be a bit of an outlier campaign where he'll still be good, but I don't think he's going to be like a top five year in, year out guy.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I don't think anyone really knows. It's nice to get your opinion on it. Obviously as a Bills fan, I'm not going to agree. My <laughs> hope is that this is just the beginning. I think that when we look at a guy like Josh Allen is although his play is volatile, don't get me wrong. He, his running ability, all that stuff is something that can fluctuate year to year. But what's interesting to me is when you look at his statistics, every single season, he's running less and less and he's succeeding more and more in the past game. Now that's a combination of things. It's a combination of him developing it's a combination of him understanding defenses. And of course, having pieces around him that are really talented because we know in his rookie season, his stats were awful, but the team was awful. They didn't really have even an NFL receiver. I, I would say they had borderline an NFL receiver. And then of course they bring in John Brown. They bring in Cole Beasley. He'd immediately improves. And then they add Stefan Diggs, and he just catapults. Now I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady because Brady has done it with good receivers, with bad receivers, He's done it with everyone, but I guess my hope is that if Josh Allen moves away from this running game, moves away from like you talk about that volatile game, that a little bit of past happy Josh Allen, where he gets a little too jittery, gets a little too excited. If he can stay calm the way he did last season, and you said it, all of last season was basically all great, and we might not always get that from Allen, but my hope is that we'll get it more than not. And I guess we'll have to see who's, who's right on this, uh, on this situation. But I think what we know at the very least, we know that the bills have built a great team around him. So hopefully that's going to help him. Right.
0: And I should say, I do think that like good Josh Allen is going to be there more than bad Josh Allen. will. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I just don't think that like, you know, it's going to be like, did he even have a bad game last year? From what I can remember, it was pretty much always, always awesome. (laughs)
1: I mean, for the most part, he, he was impressive. He had a couple games that were a little shaky, definitely against Tennessee, definitely against Kansas City. I don't think we saw the best of him. Some of this is coaching style too. I think a lot of times we forget that, that just because a guy has a good or a bad game, sometimes it's on the player. Sometimes it's on the game plan. The game plan is not always going to be perfectly catered to every single player. Sometimes it's going to be a very run first game. Sometimes it's going to be a very pass first game. And that's going to also impact a player stats. And I think that that probably impacts the running backs, the receivers, but really it impacts the quarterback stats more than anyone else. Because if you're all of a sudden running all game, or if you're up by a lot, you might look at Allen's stats and go, Oh, he only threw it for 200. Well, that's all he needed to do. So, and we've seen that from Brady. There's been games where he doesn't need to put up big stats because the team has dominated. And that's what you hope. You hope that regardless of whether Allen has a great game, an okay game sort of has a management style game. That's okay. As long as the team is moving forward and winning games, because that's really what it's all about. It's about that W it's about that dub. So hopefully those will keep coming for the bills. I do have some other questions. This is more, Patriots and Bucks focus so being a Patriots fan you've loved being it now might be a little bit of a tougher time but you of course you still have Brady in Tampa Bay were you cheering him on when he was going for that Super Bowl ring
0: oh absolutely I was rooting him on throughout the whole season I mean there by and large most of the Patriots fans at least the one I interact with were at the very least, like, wishing him the best, because you have 20 years of that. It, the dude wants to go do his own thing, you know. God bless him. And, I mean, I just had a blast watching him play, like, vintage Brady again, you know. Because 2019 Brady, like, he, he was still good, but you could tell it wasn't quite the same. Turns out that was mostly just on the receivers being awful. But, you know, it was just great to, like, watch him do it one last time. When you, I really had thought that, like, I thought he'd be good in Tampa. I didn't think he'd be that good.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that, look, it it was crazy the way things ended. You never want to see that no matter who you are, what fan you are. But it is pretty unbelievable the way he just revived his career. And it's true. Clearly, it just wasn't working in New England anymore. It just wasn't the right fit for him. The players around him just weren't right because he kind of looked like he was done in 2019. And then he goes to Tampa He's just got a new energy. He's got some of his old friends and Gronkowski. And you bring in a lot of good players around him. And all of a sudden he explodes again. And he's throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. No problem. So this argument that, oh, his arm is done. I mean, it doesn't appear to be that. And that's scary. Especially for the NFC. Teams that got to deal with them. I mean, good luck. Because, you better believe he's going to do some damage this year. Do you have an opinion on what you think he's going to accomplish again this season? Um,
0: so the 17 game schedule is the only thing that worries me. Um, really since 2016, 2017, I'd say the really only difference in Brady I've noticed is that long stretches of games, he does start to wear down more than he used to. I mean, the dude's 43, 44, the human body can only take so much. So Um, that's my biggest worry. They have a bye week in the middle of the year. So I'm afraid that by December, January, he's going to be slowing down a bit, but as long as he stays healthy, I honestly think the sky's the limit with this much talent. I'm not saying 2007 Brady is going to hit Tampa, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was right there in the thick of the MVP race.
1: So let's end this on a Buffalo Bills note. The Bills are, like I've said already in this episode, uh, at least appear to be the leaders in the AFC East. But are they a leader in the AFC? Are they a leader in the NFL? Do you think that they're at that point where they really can break into a Super Bowl? Because we know they're close, but how close really? Because they didn't really improve in this offseason. Sure, they've drafted some guys but they didn't bring any significant players to the table. You obviously have Josh Allen taking another step forward, hopefully developing. You have some other young players. We, you know, we named Tremaine Edmonds, maybe. You have some of these guys who you hope will take that next step. Are the Bills as close as I maybe think they are to a Super Bowl, or whether it's winning it or not, at least going to the show?
0: I think they are you can make a pretty strong case there the second best team in the AFC. I mean, it's Kansas City's uh, Kansas City's conference until someone proves otherwise. You just I can never bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but aside from them, I say the Bills are right there with the best teams in the conference. So, really all you have to do is win, like beat them, have the ball bounce your way on that given day and I think uh, really nothing's stopping Buffalo from making it.
1: Yeah, I like that take, and I like that you bring up it's really just the way the ball bounces because we know that. In the NFL, that is what's so exciting about the playoffs. Really, in the season, too, because every game, as we know, is incredibly important because there's only, now there's 17, but for the longest time, there's only 16. So we know that every game's key, and in the playoffs, that's really what it comes down to, one mistake. If Mahomes makes that one mistake, all of a sudden the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. But it'll go with the flip side. That one mistake from Allen and the Bills, and boom, they're out. And we saw that this year. So it is going to be interesting. It's nice to hear from someone who gets to see the Bills a lot, sees them twice a year as a Patriots fan, and to actually basically say that the Bills have a real shot at making the Super Bowl, and they are probably the second favorite. Of course, you have Pittsburgh. You have Baltimore. You have some other really good teams in the AFC, but they're probably not as complete as the Bills, and I think that's the biggest difference because, yes, Josh Allen is supposed to be an MVP-caliber player, but even without him, not I'm not saying without him, but even if he doesn't have a great season, you have a great team around him. You have great receivers. You have a really solid offensive line. Your running back core maybe isn't the best, but we have a great defense too. And our defense wasn't even very good last year. And I think a lot of people expect them to take a huge step forward. So it is nice to hear that, especially from you being, you know, a writer and, and really understanding the AFC East as a whole. So, David, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.